Hello, small business owners. Welcome to this episode of the Freedom Focus Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how to make work more like play by working as much as possible on activities that fall within your unique ability. We're going to first to discuss what exactly we mean when we say play and also clarify what we mean by the term unique ability. Next, we're going to describe the connection between your unique ability and freedom as both an individual, but also as a business owner. When we're done, it's going to be pretty obvious that maximizing play by operating your unique ability is the best way to never work another day in your life. Let's get started. values and a clear vision are important for creating greater meaning and purpose for employees. And that's what I've been talking about in my program as key elements of the freedom-focused framework. But according to best-selling author and consultant Lindsay McGregor, I haven't taken into account the full picture. As noted in a recent article published in Inc. Magazine titled, The Absurdly Simple Reason People Quit, that no one ever talks about, McGregor's research shows that almost no businesses are focused on another factor that is critically important to our motivations at work, and that is play. What exactly does she mean when she says play? First of all, it's not a pool table or ping pong table or video arcade games in the break room. That's not what we're talking about when we say play. By play, she means activities that come naturally to you, that you love. When you're doing them, you can become so engrossed that you forget about time, hunger, or even stopping to take a bathroom break when you're doing them. An example might be, for example, sorting and organizing anything. Um, many, if not most people, hate taking time to bring order to chaos, like creating a filing system or maybe arranging a mishmash of bottles into neatly organized groups by size, shape, or color. Or maybe it's editing a bunch of documents into a coherent and logical report. But perhaps you do. And if this were true about you, and we looked at your office or your workspace, it would most likely be very well organized. In fact, if we visited your home, we'd probably find the same organized, well-kept living space. It's just what you do. It's who you are. You love it. When you're sorting and organizing, you're really just at play. It's not really work for you because it comes so naturally. And this is what McGregor says is needed to motivate people at work, to do their very best work, to ensure that the work they do is as close to play for them as possible. But there's another term that expresses the same important concept. I learned it many years ago from Dan Sullivan's strategic coach program. The term Dan would otherwise use to describe play is unique ability. So rather than starting by telling you what unique ability is, I'm going to first tell you what it, it is not. Strategic Coach breaks our daily activities down into four main categories. Ca uh, activities that we're incompetent at, activities that we're competent at, activities that we're excellent at, and activities that are our unique ability. So let's start with incompetent. 
We all have activities that we are truly not good at. In fact, when we do something uh, that is that we're incompetent at, we actually make it worse. And so there's a, a handful of these activities. You certainly know what those are, and we need to avoid those at all costs. Because again, we're not good at them. We just make things worse when we do them. The next step up from that, or the next level up from that, would be the items that we're competent at. Uh, these are items that we have to do in our daily work, like balancing a checkbook or or picking out uh, uh, fabric or something like that. And you know what? We may just be competent at doing something like that, but it's certainly not anything that we uh, thrive at and we're recognized at being very good at. So these are things that just uh, we got to get through and we can manage our way through it. So there's plenty of stuff, perhaps most of the stuff in our life we're just competent at. The next group is called of activities are called excellent. Now these are items that we are recognized by others at being truly good at. We're, we're a master at these things. But there's a problem with these particular uh, activities. Even though we're excellent at them and we do really well at them, um, we're just not very excited about them, right? We've all heard of perhaps somebody that's a really good lawyer or maybe that's somebody that's really good at uh, at um, uh, painting, but you know, but that's not what they really love to do. It's their profession, it's what earns the money, perhaps really good money, but it's not what they really love to do. If they could really do what they love doing, they'd be singing in a rock band somewhere, or playing a guitar or something like that. That's what they would do um, if they could really be doing something. And that kind of brings us to the, the final item that uh, it transcends even excellent, and that would be unique ability. A unique, your unique ability is something that you've been doing all of your life. If you think back to when you were in grade school, in fact, this is something that you were doing. You're still doing it today and you're going to be doing it into the future. So you've always done it and you've always been actually very, very good at it. Like excellent, you've been recognized at very, very good at this particular activity. And in fact, you are considered a true expert an innovator, and a master. And what does that mean? That means that you're actually, when you're working in your unique ability, you transcend what the norm is for that activity. Perhaps it's, um, you know, uh, writing a particular story or creating a computer. Uh, it's an activity when you're in unique ability that you're actually figuring out how to make computers better, how to write a better story, how to do something better in terms of innovation with maybe how you paint. Uh, and I know I'm doing a lot of creative things, but maybe it's lawyering, okay? Or maybe it's dentistry or, 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 or any activity out there. You don't just do the activity, you actually uh, create and make it better. Uh, you push the envelope uh, and that would be something that would be considered your unique ability or characteristic of something that's your unique ability. The other thing about unique ability is that it's something that gives you energy. It actually gives you energy. You could be doing it from 8 a.m. in the morning till 8 p.m. at night, and 12 hours later, you actually feel energized. You actually have more energy rather than a depletion. Uh, again, it, it's one of those activities that when you're doing it, uh, just like uh, McGregor described for play, you could be doing it for hours and you might forget to eat because you're so excited and enthusiastic about what you're doing. You might uh, not go to the bathroom as many times as you need to. But again, it gives you energy and you're super excited about it because you truly love it. A great example of unique ability would be professional uh, athletes or musicians. We pay money, big money sometimes, to watch that person do their unique ability. Now, it's possible that there are certainly athletes out there like lawyers and, and, and dentists and doctors or other people out there, like small business owners, 
um, that are uh, very well paid uh, for doing what they're excellent at, but it's not their unique ability. But we're talking about people that when they're operating on unique ability, you can tell that they love what they're doing. Uh, you can tell that they love what they're doing. And they might even say things like, I can't believe I get paid to do this. I would actually do it for free. I'd do it even if I wasn't paid. But lucky them, uh, if they are well paid, they get paid to do that. And so this goes back to that whole concept of never working a day in your life. Because do you think that the baseball player that truly loves what they're doing or the musician that loves what they're doing, do you think those, uh, those folks are, are there just for the money? I'm sure they want to make a good living, but they would do it even if they, they uh, didn't get paid that. And in fact, uh, uh, most of the people, when you look at unique ability and they're not entertainers or whatnot, most of the people in their, their uh, unique ability, they don't get paid for doing their unique ability part of the time. I mean, remember the example I gave you of the organization, uh, the person that loves to do organization, you, right? Um, you organize not just at work when you're paid, you do that same organization when you're at home, the sorting and all those things, just to use my example. So again, um, when you're working your unique ability, you do things uh, not only for money, and you probably, you can get paid well for it, but you also do it when you're not being paid. Everyone has a unique ability. The trick really is, is figuring out what your individual unique ability is. Then once you've figured it out, spend as much time as possible doing your unique ability activities. And then also, likewise, doing as, spending as little of your time as possible doing activities that you're only competent at. And certainly, don't stop doing those things that you're incompetent at. It's important for you as an individual to do this. Um, and ultimately, you need to be spending as much time as you, as you can on things that you love to do. But it's not only important to you as an individual, but it's extremely important for you to do this as a small business owner. You need to bring this to how you build and you manage your team. When you ensure that the people on your team are working as much as possible in their unique ability, not just you, but them as well, you're going to get more buy-in. You're going to have increased engagement in the work that's being done. Greater productivity, greater creativity, as I've already described. You're going to actually need to manage them less. I mean, why would you be managing somebody as much if they're off and running, uh, doing what they love to do? You point them in a direction, give them some clarity and, and what you want to do, and then set them loose. You're not going to have to manage as much when you've got more people working in their unique ability, as many as possible. And you know what? They're going to be happier. Okay, They're going to stick around longer because they're doing what they love doing. The work they do is less work and it's more play. So how do you determine a person's unique ability? You could certainly go back to Strategic Coach and look at their unique ability discovery process because they have it. And I'm going to put a link to the show, in the show notes that is, for the unique ability discovery process that Strategic Coach has on their website. Now they also have a book that you can buy that walks you through the process, but there's some free stuff on their website if you care to go look. Now the Strategic Coach process is really great for the people that you already have on your team. But you want to know that the person that you're hiring will be a good fit for the position that you're hiring for. Ideally, you want the person that you're hiring to have most of the work that they're going to be doing be, in reality, play for them. That ta those tasks are actually their unique ability. That's the perfect mix that you're looking for. But how do you do that? Well, 
Quite frankly, that's where the process that I created around Dream Team Builder comes in. You know, as I've described in my previous podcast, uh, that was the separating the wheat from the chaff. Uh, There's a tried and true process for getting to know much, much more about a person that you're looking to hire. And in most cases, you don't even know that person before you've met them for the first time. Recall that 16 personalities allows you to know a lot more about what that person's strengths and weaknesses are, what makes them tick, how they operate. Uh, And also comparing that to people that you know with the same personality type. And then the second quiz that we do coming in the door is predictable success. We're going to know if they're a visionary, an operator, a processor, or a synergist. And each of those categories has activities that people are really, really good at. The, for example, the if you're that organizing person, you're going to be that processor, right? Because that falls into that category. So my process, uh, coupled with the interview process, where we're asking certain questions of the people in the interview process, that's another way that we're getting to know them much better so that we can make sure that the person that we're hiring is both a good fit for the position, but also for your team. When you and everyone else on your team is working as much in their unique ability as possible, personal and professional freedom is much, much higher. And as I've said repeatedly, when talking about freedom in my podcasts and the articles I've written and in the classes I teach, the goal is to do only the work that you love doing most. That work is your unique ability. And when you're doing that work, it doesn't actually feel like work. It feels like play. You do it, remember, even if you weren't paid. So discover your unique ability and you'll never work another day in your life. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks again for listening. I look forward to being back with you again in two weeks. Until then, stay focused on your freedom.